Well, it's a joy to be with you. My name again is Jonathan Master. I'm the president of Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary. So we're just down the road here from from where we're sitting in in sermon audio, in the sermon audio conference room. And uh, just a little bit about the seminary for those of you who are new to it. We really do one thing. We focus on one thing, which is training men for pastoral ministry. There are a few other folks that we have who join us who are who are training for other opportunities, but primarily we really focus on that, training pastors. And so in order to do that well, we believe it's it's important for us to make sure that our our curriculum remains rigorous and intense, and it is. It, we try to follow the best models of the past that we have for seminary education. We we we, we do see some watering down in seminary education across the board, and our, our our seminary was founded to resist that and to kind of maintain the the tried and true paths of seminary education. We also are very focused. And we pray about this and think about this quite a bit on growing men in personal piety and personal godliness. So things like what we're doing today, an hour of prayer, are a regular part of our um, our time with the men. And we really want them to have their ministries fueled by a love for Christ and a vibrant relationship with Him and, and, and founded in the way that all gospel ministries should be on the Word of God and prayer. And then, and then finally, for us, we are uh, transparent about our confessional commitments. We have people who study with us from all different denominations, but we are a Presbyterian seminary, and so the Westminster standards are the the standards that we teach by, and and that goes from trustees on down. We we really are committed to those things as our confession of faith. Not all, again, not all our students hold every element of that, but we do. And, and we, 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 we are open about it and we're, we rejoice in that because we believe that's, that's biblical teaching. But the great privilege that we have today is not to talk about the seminary, although I do love talking about the seminary because of what the Lord's doing there. He's just doing some tremendous, tremendous things. Be glad to talk more to anyone about those. But, but the great privilege we have today is to be guided to the throne of grace and to do so governed by the Word of God. And to that end, I, I want to read a couple of verses. They may be very familiar verses to you, but um, but but perhaps we're all in need of, of reminders on this. I want to read just a part of a paragraph in Hebrews chapter 10, and it begins this way, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus— by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. That's Hebrews 10, 19 through 22. You know, where we... We'll often see headlines today, if you follow the news, about a crisis of confidence in institutions in our country. There's a polling organization, the Gallup organization, that does a poll every year of people's level of confidence, the percentage of people that have confidence in various institutions. And so it won't surprise you to know that only about 13% of Americans have confidence in Congress 
Uh, only about 24% have confidence in what they hear on the news. Uh, only about uh, 24% have confidence in the criminal justice system and 19% in big business. And on and on we could go. They they measure a lot of these things. And so invariably what they say at the end of these polls is there is a crisis of confidence. And the reason why I think that's worth meditating on today is because this passage, as you noticed in Hebrews 10, 19, begins with a premise, which is, since we have confidence. And the confidence we have is the confidence that all Christians have. He, he refers to his readers as brothers. Since we have confidence, he says, to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus. This is an amazing thing that he could begin with, that we have confidence to enter the holy places. If you think about the Old Testament and the way in which the tabernacle and then the temple was constructed, it was constructed in such a way that as you moved further into the tabernacle or into the temple, you went to places that were increasingly more holy and therefore increasingly more restricted. And as you know, the most holy place, what's called the Holy of Holies, was a place that only one man had access to one time per year. We know that the great high priest went in and he had to offer blood for his own sin and blood for the sin of the people as he entered the most holy place. And we have accounts of the high priest entering that. And there was a kind of hush that fell over everyone when he went in because it was serious business. And he had to go in and he went in as a sinner, offering sin, offering blood for himself and for the people. And yet the writer to Hebrews, astonishingly, in light of that, says, we as Christians have confidence to enter the holy place. Now, why is it that we have that confident access to God? Well, he tells us why we have confident access to God. We have confident access to God because of the work of Christ on our behalf, at once for all sacrifice secured for us. And we have confidence because we have a great high priest over the house of God. We don't have to worry that the high priest might be unqualified or that his, his sin would somehow keep him from offering atonement for the sins of the people. No, we have a great high priest, a once for all sacrifice, and therefore we of all people as sinners can, because of the work of our great high priest, have access to the most holy places by the blood of Jesus. I sometimes think to myself, if I asked someone who is a Christian, if I asked you, what does it mean to be a Christian? I wonder how many of you would say, well, what it means is I have access to the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, this access because of the work of Jesus Christ, my great high priest on my behalf. I think that might have been one of the first things that would have come to the mind of the original readers of Hebrews because they were familiar with the sacrificial system in a way that we are not. And yet what a great truth that is. We have that kind of access. And so then the writer to Hebrews goes on to say that there are implications of this because this is true, because we can have confident access what is the first thing that we should be doing? Well, the first thing is mentioned in verse 22, which I read earlier. Let us draw near with a true heart 
in full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. What does that mean to draw near? Well, again, we could go back to the book of Leviticus. In Leviticus, it it uses that phrase, draw near, over and over again. If we read through Leviticus, and if you, if you want to do this after the call here, you can go through the book of Leviticus, and again and again, you could underline in your Bible where it says, draw near. Usually, it's Moses and Aaron who are commanded to draw near. Sometimes the people are commanded to draw near as well. But here, we're all commanded, as believers in Jesus Christ, to draw near, draw near to God in worship, yes, but also especially to draw near to God in prayer. Not only is that phrase draw near used in the Old Testament, it's used in the New Testament as well. You know that James says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And earlier in this book, the book of Hebrews, it says this, and I think this is what the writer is getting at in chapter 10. Hebrews 4.16 says, let us then with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. It's a natural implication of the reality of this confident access we have. Because we have this confident access, what should we be doing? We should be drawing near to God. And we should be drawing near to God confidently that we might find grace to help in our time of need. You probably noticed in the end of that verse, it uses a number of vivid images. It says, draw near with a true heart in full assurance with our hearts sprinkled clean. Well, once again, we have to look back at the Old Testament to understand that because in the Old Testament, those who would draw near to God in the, in the time of the sacrificial system, those who would draw near in the tabernacle and in the temple, mainly the priests, would have to wash themselves in special ways in order to go, go into the holy place. And what the writer Ezekiel does, the prophet Ezekiel says that when the Lord pours out his Holy Spirit on his people, that all of us will be, will be washed clean, will be sprinkled clean, that the, the work of the Holy Spirit is like a sprinkling of our hearts. And the Apostle Paul says the same thing in Titus. You were, you were saved by the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit. So here's the good news. We, we draw near to God with confidence because of the work of our great high priest and sacrifice, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we draw near to God with full assurance because we know that in his work in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, we have been sprinkled clean from an evil conscience. Our bodies have, as it were, been washed with pure water. That that reality that those types and shadows in the Old Testament pointed us toward is one that we enjoy in the Lord Jesus Christ as we as we experience the salvation of the triune God, the Son offering himself on our behalf, the Son interceding as our great and eternal high priest who ever lives to intercede for us, and the Holy Spirit having given us new life and new hearts, washed us clean. And so in light of all these things, again, we come back to this great command, draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Now, of course, the Bible knows there are a number of reasons. Jesus teaches this, a number of reasons that we don't draw near. We're often fatigued. We, 
we grow discouraged. We, we, we begin to wonder if, in fact, our drawing near is, is affecting anything at all. And yet we have these commands over and over again that because of the privileges you have in Jesus Christ, draw near with a true heart and full assurance. If you, if you can say today that, yes, I, 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 am, I am a needy sinner and, and I'm coming on the basis of what Christ has done on my behalf, then, then this command is for you. Let us draw near to God with a true heart in full assurance of faith. And the great joy we have today in our remaining time is we get to do that. We get to obey this command right now because we have confident access to the holy places by the blood of Jesus.